Hello, and welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Uh, Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan, and is led by Pastor Daniel White. Uh, Today we're going to be joining Pastor White as he continues his series on the family. So let's get out our Bibles and get ready to join Pastor White as he teaches us about God's plan for home and the family. Well, we're going to talk about the single Christian tonight. We're in the middle of our series on the family. We went through a couple weeks talking about courtship, a couple weeks talking about engagement, and now we're going to talk about the single Christian. Now, when we talk about the single Christian, a lot of times we get the idea, if I'm married, that doesn't apply to me. Not true. All right? There's some principles in here tonight that I believe will change your life, whether you are single or or whether you are married. Sometimes also we think, when we're thinking of singles, we think of young people. Sorry, there's some old people here tonight that are single. And I mean old people here tonight. So it's not just for the young people, all right? So what we have tonight, what I'm saying, is for every one of us here this evening. So we're going to talk about the single life tonight. It's pretty interesting to me that we have almost one whole chapter of the Bible that's dedicated to talking about and talking to the single Christian. Now I want to pick up here, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6. Follow along as I read. Paul said, But I speak this by permission, by permission of the Holy Spirit. He is under the inspiration of God here, and not by commandment. So what he's about to say is not a commandment. He's not saying you can't get married. All right? But he's saying there is some benefit in not being married. Now watch what he says here in verse 7. For I would that all men were even as I. He was single at this time in his life. But every man hath his proper gift, the one after this manner and another after that. I say therefore unto the unmarried, and then he deals with the widows. We're going to be talking about the single widows here tonight. It is good for them to abide even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. He's talking about sexual desire there. Now drop down to the end of the chapter, verse 32. But I would have you without carefulness. We'll look at what that word means here later. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I ask you that you just make this lesson tonight so practical and meaningful that every single one of us, no matter what state we're in tonight, we're going to leave here more in love with Jesus, more committed to following Him and serving Him with the lives that you have given us. Bless the teaching of your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm going to come down there and join you. Guess what? No review. Can you believe that? No review tonight. And all God's people said? You were not supposed to say amen. You were supposed to say, oh, shoot. All right. Why would anyone want to be single? And someone who is married says, I'll give you 101 reasons why someone would want to be single. 
Now, why would anyone want to be single? Let's look at this. Well, some are single simply because of the circumstance that they find themselves in. It's not that they don't want to be married. They may want to be married, but they find themselves in a situation where it's just not the time. There are women who have never been asked to be married, right? They've never been asked. There are men who have not found a woman to marry. Can I, can I tell you this? Better not to marry than to marry the wrong one. Because once you say you do, you did, and you are stuck. All right? That is a lifelong commitment. So some women have never been asked. Other men have not found the woman that they want to marry yet. There are those who have experienced divorce, and so now they find themselves in a uh, single uh, state. There are those who have been widowed, and we have obviously some widows here in our church. There are some who simply choose to be single. They want to be. They don't want to marry. They prefer the single life. For whatever reason, they have no desire to be married. Paul said, it's my desire that you abide even as I. Paul, Paul did not want to be married. And he saw the single life as a greater opportunity to serve the Lord. And he actually encouraged others not to marry unless it clearly was the will of God for their life. They have chosen to remain single. Some have chosen to remain single for a period of time because of some circumstance that they find themselves in. For example, this poor guy, he can't get married because no money, no honey. Right? Listen, if you don't have enough money to provide, the, the Bible says a man needs to provide, and if he, ha, if he cannot provide and he jumps into marriage, he is worse than an infidel. So you've got to be able to provide for your family. So that would be one reason to hold off getting married right there. Another one, we see this uh, young man here, and he's just wrapping his arms around his mother. Uh, let's say that uh, his father has passed away, and his mother now finds herself widowed, and he says, you know what, I need to take care of mom. I need to put marriage off for a while, and I need to take care of the needs of my mother. Some are saying, i got to get an education. I, I would strongly encourage you to get your education before you get married. Okay, And so some say, you know, I'll put marriage off until after I get my education and my degree. Maybe here's a, here's a picture of a father in a hospital. And here's a son saying, you know, I'm going to have to get involved. I'm going to have to kind of step in and take my father's place here for me to get married right now. would put a lot of stress on the situation. I need to really take care of the family. And so they put it on hold. What I'm saying is there's lots of reasons why someone would not get married. All right? Now notice what it says here. Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. What a great exhortation, right? Just be faithful. Whatever state you find yourself in, just be a faithful Christian. All right? Then he goes on, he says, I suppose, therefore, that it is good for this present distress. There's been all kinds of ideas thrown around out there as to what was the present distress that was going on that would make it more profitable to hold off getting married. Nobody has any idea. Some have suggested that it maybe was persecution, that the church was really being persecuted for their faith at this time and so you know probably not a good idea at that time to get married but we don't know but whatever the present distress was the Corinthians knew what it was and Paul did not have to go into detail 
What I'm saying is sometimes there's a present distress that's going on in a family or in an individual's life, and it's just not the right time to get married. Are you with me? Hold off. Don't rush this thing. Okay? And by rushing, I'm saying just don't get married outside of God's will. God not only has a, a person for you, he has a time for you as well. And that's very important. Let's go back. I'm jumping ahead here. I say that it is good for a man so to be. Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Thou art loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. But, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. Remember, so I'm giving my opinion here under the inspiration. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have what? Shall have what? Trouble. Now, that's not saying you get married, you're in for trouble. Okay? But there's a lot of trouble that goes along with being married. But he's talking about the, the present distress that these people were in. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. He said, I, you know what, just hold off. It better Let this present distress run its course and then think about getting married. But if you go ahead and get married, you haven't sinned. Are you all, are you all with me in the passage here? Okay. Let's keep going here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some have chosen to remain single because they have the gift of celibacy. There are some people that have that gift. And we read a, this passage of scripture here a little bit earlier. But I speak this by permission, not by commandment, for I would that all men were even as I, but every man hath his proper what? Gift. And here is the gift of celibacy. One after this manner and another after that. There's diversity of gifts. As every man hath received the gift, so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So there's some people that God has just given them the gift of celibacy. They have no desire to get married. They, they don't burn. And uh, they're just really free to serve the Lord with their life. Some have chosen to remain single in order to serve the Lord more effectively. So here is some advice that I would like to give to those who are single here this evening understand what God's purpose for singleness is. Okay? First of all, let me say this. Is it God's will for everyone to get married? No, it is not. So we should not try to pressure someone into getting married. Give me an amen. Because it's not the will of God that everyone gets married. So what about this singleness? He said, but I would have you without carefulness. That means full of care. You're just burdened with care and anxiety. Have you ever met someone, maybe they're getting into their mid-20s or their late 20s, and they're thinking maybe early 30s or mid-30s or whatever, and they're thinking, I'm never going to get married. And they get worked up about this. They get anxious about this. What does the Bible say? Stop it. I'm going to tell you here tonight, for those of you who are single... The Bible says you are to be without carefulness. You're to be without anxiety over this. Give that thing to the Lord. Lay that thing upon the altar. God does not want you to be worrying about who your life's partner is going to be. And if you start worrying about that, I'm going to give you some advice. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to try to make it work out when it's not the will of God for it to work out. And you're going to make a huge mistake. 
That's why God said, just stop it. You find your contentment in me. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may what? Please the Lord. Why were we created? To please the Lord. We've already learned that, haven't we? As we've gone from Matthew to Revelation. God created us to please Him. We're here for His pleasure. He saved us for that very purpose. And so our focus is to be on what? Not getting married. Not finding a life's partner. Our focus I mean, all of us, but especially you that are single. You're single, raise your hand. Your complete focus in life is to be on pleasing the Lord. That's it. The Bible makes that absolutely clear. It says, The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord. She's not burdened about having to take care of a husband, take care of a family, make sure the house is taken care of and the meals are fixed. It says, the unmarried woman care for the things of the Lord that she may be what? Holy. Holy women. That pleases the Lord. That she be a holy woman in her body and also in her spirit. Holy women in body, morally pure, and in spirit, in the attitude that they have. Can I tell you something? The most beautiful women in all the world are women who have a sweet spirit. You can be the most beautiful woman outwardly, but if you don't have a sweet spirit, you are ugly. But she that is married care for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit. There's profitability in being single and just setting your heart to serve the Lord. Not that I may cast a snare upon you. I'm not trying to choke you to death. You know, a snare is something that would bind you. No, he's talking about liberty here, right? He's not talking about a snare. So I'm not speaking this to snare you. But for that which is comely, that which is attractive, that which is pleasant... And that ye may attend upon the Lord without what? Distraction. Now, how many of you mothers here uh, will admit that your children can distract you? They are a huge distraction. Now, how many of you wives would say husbands can distract you too? Can I? You can't lift up both hands. Well, guess what? Husbands can say the same thing. There's a, there's a distraction, right? And rightfully so, because you have to take care of your kids. You've got to take care of your husband. You've got to take care of your wife. You've got to provide for the family. There is a distraction that comes. When we built this building right here, I was so thankful because God at that time gave us a bunch of single guys. And those young men, I mean, they worked. They were here after their work. They were here days when they had off work. They were here on Saturdays and worked. I mean, they were swinging in their... Some of you single ladies did too. I mean, we got pictures of the single ladies putting up the insulation here in the church. What a blessing. 
I know, yeah, you were. <laughs> so what I'm saying here tonight, singles, is you've got to get focused. You've got to get focused. You've got to get focused on the Lord. You've got to look unto Jesus. You've got to keep your eyes on Him. The Bible says, while we look not upon the things which are seen, but on the things which are what? Not seen. Get your focus on eternity. What's really going to count for eternity? You know what? If you do... Th- Let me, I guess I'm going to put it this way. If you are 100% sold out to the Lord, if your heart is just to please the Lord and to serve Him in your single life, if God wants you to be married, do you think He'll bring the right one to you? Absolutely. You've got to believe that. Or you'll go out looking, and when you go out looking, you're going to get messed up. David Brainerd. How many have ever heard of David Brainerd? How many of you knew he was single? What this young man was able to accomplish with his life because he was single. Guess I'll get to that in just a minute. David Brainerd had a passion. He had a yearning in his heart for the salvation of the Native American Indians that were scattered along the colonial trails and on into the West. So from 1742 to 1747, he, he toiled, how would you say it, um, to the point of exhaustion in his effort to see the Native Indians in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and so on come to know the Lord as their Savior. So he went from tribe to tribe preaching the gospel. Actually, we're going to get to it in a minute. I'll jump ahead. He died of tuberculosis because he had so given his life in the service for Christ. This is an entry from David Brainerd's journal. I'm going to tell you, we don't produce guys like this anymore. He was 29 years old when he died. I don't know any 29-year-old young men like this anymore that are so passionate, that are so focused on serving the Lord. So this was the last entry into his journal. This day I saw clearly that I should never be happy, yea, that God himself could not make me happy unless I could be in a capacity to please and glorify him forever. What was the goal of the single life? To please the Lord. He said, take away this and admit me into all the fine heavens that can be conceived by men or angels and I should still be miserable forever. Oh, to love and praise God more, to please Him forever. This my soul panted after, and even now pants for a while, I write. Oh, that God might be glorified in the whole earth, and oh, I long to be with God, to behold His glory, and to bow in His presence. May I obtain mercy of God to be faithful to death. I cannot say I am worthy of my hurry or weary of my hurry. I only want strength and grace to do more for God than I have ever yet done. 
the last entry into his journal as a 29-year-old single young man. This is a letter, last letter that he wrote to his brother before he passed away. My dear brother, the Lord of heaven that has carried me through many trials bless you. Bless you for time and eternity and fit you to do his service for him in his church below and to enjoy his blissful presence in his church triumphant. My brother, the time is short. Oh, let us fill it up for God. Let us count the sufferings of this present time as nothing. If we can but run our race and finish our course with joy, oh, let us strive to live for God. I bless the Lord. I have nothing to do with earth. I have nothing to do with earth, but only to labor honestly it, uh, to labor honestly in it for God. I think I do not desire to live one minute for anything that earth can afford. Really? I don't think there's one of us here tonight that could say that. I think I do not desire to live one minute for anything that earth can afford. Oh, that I could live for none but God till my dying moment. I am your affectionate brother, David Brainerd. Here are some quotes. There's many quotes that you can find by David Brainerd, but this just kind of gives you his heart. Oh, one hour with God infinitely exceeds all the pleasures and delights of this lower world. And we can't even have our devotions. I long to be a flame fire continually glowing in the divine service and building up of Christ's kingdom to my last and dying breath. I have received my all from God. Oh, that I could return my all to God. My soul often mourns for more time and opportunity to be alone with God. As long as I see anything to be done for God, life is worth living. But oh, how vain and unworthy it is to live for any other end. I can tell some of you here tonight, I can actually see one young person just rolling their eyes. I want to tell you, one day you're going to stand before the Lord and you're going to give an account. And if some things don't change in your life, don't be surprised if God doesn't remind you about the evening when you had Bible study at Fellowship Baptist Church and you rolled your eyes when Preacher was reading about David Brainerd. For me to live is Christ. To die is what? 
Can you say that? On October the 9th, 1747, at the age of 29, David Brainerd died of tuberculosis at the home of Jonathan Edwards. Contemporaries preaching the gospel, the missionary and the evangelist. Jonathan Edwards, if you know anything about Jonathan Edwards, he preached the message, sinners in the hands of an angry God. And that really flamed the fires of the Great Awakening here in America. And has become the famous, the most famous sermon ever preached in American history. Young lady by the name of Amy Carmichael. When I was in college, we had the David Brainerd Society, we had the Amy Carmichael Society. Amy Carmichael. Much of Amy's work, a single lady, was in India with the young ladies who had been in, forced into prostitution in the Hindu temples. She would do her best to rescue these ladies, bring them to Christ, and take care of them. In an effort to respect Indian culture, she would dress in Indian clothes. She would dye her skin with coffee. It's a temporary uh, suntan. And she would travel long distances on the hot, dusty roads there in India just to save one child from suffering. As a single missionary, she served for 67 years before the Lord called her home to glory. And I didn't know this until I was studying this this week, but. Jim and Elizabeth Elliot were called to the mission field because of the life of Amy Carmichael. The impact that a single person can have who loves Jesus and is focused on nothing more than serving him I want to tell you something. Amy Carmichael has a great reward in heaven. David Brainerd, I'm sure, heard the Lord say to him, well done. Good and faithful servant. The Elliots. How many have ever read after Elizabeth Elliot? You had never read after her unless she would have been influenced by Amy Carmichael. Jim Elliott gave his life for the cause of Christ. Killed by the Akua Indians. But his death opened the door to that tribe. Jim Elliott said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot that's a powerful statement. Elizabeth Elliot said, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. Wow, have we ever seen that here at Fellowship? 
You know, you never know. Aaron and I were talking about this last night. You never know the impact of your life on individuals and even on into the next generation. There are some dangers that singles face. You know why? It's because the devil's always trying to knock them out. He's after them. Trying to get them off the team. Trying to bench them. But there's a danger of sexual temptation. Never have we seen this like we're seeing it today. I'm telling you, just dealing with it two days ago in my office. Again, this social media thing. I mean, this is the day and age in which we live, and you better know how to protect yourself. It's better to marry than to burn. Be careful for sexual temptations if you are single. Bring your physical desires under the control of the Holy Spirit, because they can be strong. And if you're not careful, they'll take you out. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you want to be a Spirit-filled Christian, some things that you have to do. First of all, examine yourself and confess your sin. We confess our sin. He's faithful and just to what? Forgive us. Don't let it pile up. Keep it confessed. Keep a short list. Reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto sin. I don't have to go there. I'll have to do this. I'm dead to sin by the power of God's Holy Spirit. Yield the members of your body as instruments of righteousness. Do what's right. Just do what's right. I'm going to tell you how wise I am in my counseling. People come in and sit down and this is what I tell them. Just do right. There you go. Just do right. Doesn't get any more profound or simple. Just do right. I'm be filled by the Holy Spirit. Do right. Yield your personal rights. Not my will, but thine be done. Just give it to the Lord. Don't make provision for the flesh. Don't go there. Don't do that. Don't listen to it. Stay away. Now, these are simple truths, but these are the things that lead to the filling of the Holy Spirit. Clear your conscience with God and man. You've done something wrong, go make it right. Resist and flee temptation. Run the opposite way. Set your affections on things above, like the David Brainerds and the Amy Carmichaels. Renew your mind daily in the Word. Get in the Word. One of the questions I often ask when people come in for counseling is this. Are you spending time daily in the Word? What do you think is always the answer? No. Well, no wonder you're having problems. Get into the Word. Purpose to live a holy life. That she may be holy in her body and also in her spirit. Keep your thoughts centered on things that are pure. Think on these things. Put on the whole armor of God. We're in a battle. Get the weapons out. Start fighting. And obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit. These are just simple. These are, 
Are you all with me tonight? These are just simple principles. You do this, you are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't quench them. Don't grieve them. When you feel that prodding of the Holy Spirit, just surrender and obey. Be filled with the Spirit. So you've got to watch out for temptation if you're a single person. Next, there is a danger of loneliness. If you're single, you can be lonely. Okay? Loneliness can produce boredom. Loneliness can also turn into depression. Now, before I go any further, if you're a single person, how can you avoid being bored and slipping into depression? Get busy. Get busy serving the Lord. Depression will, end, will uh, render you ineffective in your service for the Lord. So be careful of that loneliness. Next, and these are really real dangers that happen with someone who's single, is that they get set in their own ways. They don't have someone telling them what to do. They're their own boss. They get set in their own ways. They also can get very selfish. A single person can be very selfish. They can become self-sufficient. I don't need anyone. Set in their ways, selfish, self-sufficient. They can become covetous because they're trying to fill that need. They can become insensitive to the needs of others. So God has some advice for those who are single. Get absorbed in your service for Christ. Just throw yourself into serving the Lord. Utilize all the advantages that come to you from being single. You're not tied down. You don't have responsibility. The married couple has. Next, use your freedom to increase your service. I can do that. Someone who's married can't. They're tied down. Don't be selfish with your time. Use the spiritual gifts that the Lord has given you. Next one is watch out for Satan's traps. The Bible says there are snares all around you. So be careful about the traps and snares that Satan would lay there for the single Christian. Remember that you are an important member of the body of Christ and the family of God. We need you. Amen? We need you. We need your service. There should be no skibs in the body that every member should have the same care one for another. Whether one suffers, we all suffer. The one honored, we all honor with it. And now we are the body of Christ and members in particular. So we need those single members within the body. So you know, those of you who are single make every effort to develop and utilize the relationships that we have within the church. You can do a lot of things. You can have people over. You can minister to others. You can go visit. You can go help. You can go serve. You can go do a ton of stuff 
that someone who's married just doesn't have the time to do. Seek God's will first and foremost becomes the most important thing. Not your will, but his will. The will of God is his deliberate design and desire and purpose for your life. Seek to get your heart in a condition that it has no will of its own. I think that's the most difficult thing for us to do. Next, is seek the Lord's will through the Word of God. That's what we're doing right now, right? I mean, we're, are we like throwing up the scriptural principles here tonight? Seek Him through His Word. Seek Him through the Holy Spirit. Seek Him through prayer. Seek Him with a heart that's pure. Seek Him with a heart that's yielded. Lord, what would you have me to do? Seek the Lord's will as He reveals it to you. Line upon line, precept upon precept, what? Here a little, there a little. Isaac talked about Sunday, just one step at a time, and the Lord revealed to you what His will is. The key, once again, is obedience. As He reveals it, you step forward into that obedience. Another one here is singles. Avoid folly. You know, Proverbs talks about folly over and over and over again. Now, as I put that picture up there of those young people, I'll tell you what, they look like a bunch of fools. Right? Don't they? So understand the meaning of folly. The Bible said the simple inherit folly, the ignorant, the naive inherit folly, but the prudent, the wise, are crowned with knowledge. What is folly? It's destructive behavior, Proverbs says. It's immoral behavior. It's perverse behavior. Can I ask you a question? Do we see a lot of that going on today in the world? And the sad thing is when you see it going on in the church. Destructive, immoral, and perverse. That's what the Bible calls folly. It's distraction. It's getting off course. You get on the wrong track morally and also spiritually. The Bible said that is folly. It's having selfish desires. It's having silliness or foolishness. One thing I was very impressed with this year when I was with our teenage girls is I did not see the silliness and foolishness with our teen girls. We had such a great week with them. Now, that hasn't always been the case, but this year it was. So proud of them. Sinfulness is folly. So selfishness, silliness, sinfulness. I, I'm sorry, but I can't help think of the prodigal son. Was he selfish? Was he silly? And was he sinful? Look where it got him. Goes out and spends it on riotous living, wine, women, and song. Ends up in the pig pen. And finally, by God's grace, he ends up back home. I love that set of pictures. The next advice God gives for singles is be mature and be responsible. We are now raising a generation of singles who are immature and who are irresponsible. 
I went to the uh, rental place yesterday to get some chairs because we're going to have the fish fry. So we're going to have chairs up here and we can't transport them back and forth. So I had to go rent some chairs for the tent revival. And he said, when, when would you like them delivered? And I said, Saturday, uh, September 8th. And he goes, ooh, a Saturday. And I said, what, what's wrong? Aren't you open on Saturday? He goes, yeah. But he said, I can't get my guys to come to work on Saturday. I said, why can't you get them to come to work? He said, most of them are hungover. And then we started talking about the difficulty that he has in hiring responsible workers. This is what he said to me. He said, I hired a guy yesterday. We went through all the paperwork, did all of that. He said, he didn't even show up today for work. I said, is that typical? He goes, that's typical. He was literally fit to be tied. And this is what he said to me when I walked out. He goes, you know what? There's just something wrong with our culture. We've raised a bunch of fools. I'll tell you today, you want a good job, all you gotta be is a good worker. Just show up. <laughs> what is maturity? Maturity is when you accept responsibility. Stop blaming others and accept responsibility for your actions and for your decisions. Immaturity seeks fun. Maturity seeks responsibility. Immaturity seeks comfort. Maturity seeks growth and opportunity. Immaturity seeks pleasure. Maturity seeks purpose. Immaturity seeks immediate gratification. Maturity seeks long-term blessing. Immaturity seeks sin. Maturity seeks righteousness. So God's counsel that he gives to singles is be mature. Be responsible. Seventh thing is be content. I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in, single, married, divorced, widowed, to be content. And having food and raiment, let us what? Come on, church, let us what? Be content. Notice he doesn't say housing. We throw housing into there, but he said food and raiment. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things you have. So if you're not content in your single state, what's going to happen? There you go. Going to make some real mistakes. A definition, contentment, to be happy with what one has or is, not desiring something more or different, you're just satisfied. A description, contentment, is realizing that God has given you everything you need for your present happiness. Do you believe that? Say amen. He has. Everything you need for your present happiness, God has given it to you already. Decision, godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing in this world. It's certain we can carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, I'm going to learn to be content. We're almost done. 
What if you're divorced? You find yourself in a single state because you're divorced. The Bible is clear. I know most would disagree with me, but this is what the Bible says. You remain unmarried or you're reconciled, and then you focus on just loving and serving the Lord. That means you've got to cling, cling to the cross. But it's what the Bible says. And unto the married I command, yet not I but the Lord, let not the wife depart from the husband. And if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled, and, the husband, uh, and let not the husband put away his wife. What if you're widowed? What if you find yourself in a single state and you are a widow? Well, the Bible speaks to this in great detail. I want to just throw you up a few of the verses here in this passage. Honor widows that are widows indeed. Now, who qualifies as a widow indeed? Here it is. Now, she that is a widow indeed, first of all, she has a complete trust in God. And continueth in supplication and prayers. Night and what? Does this sound like a spiritual woman? And she's a praying woman. She trusts God. She's praying all the time. But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. Spiritually dead. Let not the widow be taken into the number under three scores, 60 years old. So a widow who was younger than 60 could not be supported by the church. She had to be 60 years of age or older. And then it tells you some things that she had to have in her life in order to be qualified to be, even be supported by the church. It says, and having been the wife of one man, she couldn't be divorced and remarried. Well reported of, of good works. She had great testimony. She's brought up children. She was a faithful mother. She hath lodged strangers. Her home was open to anyone and everyone. She hath washed the saints' feet. She was a server. If she have relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work. Let me tell you what, that's a busy widow. What is she busy doing? The Lord's work. She's busy doing the same thing that Paul exhorted the single Christian to do. Why? Because she's now single and she can do this. How the Lord honored that godly widow who is there for all of us to remember when she went in, and what did she put into the treasury? Just a mite. And she gave more than them all. Singles, let me leave you with this thought. Just serve Christ. Amen? And that, isn't that the sum of everything that we've just seen tonight? Just serve the Lord. Whether you're a young single, whether you're an older single, whether you're widowed, whether you're divorced, get focused on Jesus and the things which are above and leave the rest to God. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.
You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.